don't have that code? You broke in here to access our computer? Any information you could get when they wake up in Tokyo in the morning, they'll change it. You won't be able to blackmail our executives, threaten our profits. Sit down. I'm really not interested in your computer. But I need the code key because I am interested in the $640 million in negotiable bearer bonds that you have locked in your vault. And the computer controls the vault. You want money? What kind of terrorist are you? <laughs> Who said we were Hello, Popheads, and welcome to issue 118 of the TomCast Popcast, coming to you once again from the Tom Cave, and I bet you didn't think we were going to do it. I bet you didn't think we had the guts to bring back Hans Toberfest, but we did. Welcome to Hans Toberfest 2020, and if there's one thing that we need in 2020 in this year of, 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 just social upheaval and global pandemics. It is the calming wisdom, the calming words of the greatest villain in action movie history. Yes, I am talking about Hans Gruber, our 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 antihero, portrayed by the one, the only, the immortal Alan Rickman, and we're here to to. Uh, again, we're talking about we're talking about Die Hard. We're talking about Hans Gruber. We're talking about how much this film is an institution in the lives of so so many people. That is this is the Die Hard is the is the paramount. This is the on the Mount Rushmore of action films. This sits number one. This is the first head you see. You see, well, you probably see John McClane's head because they they like to do the heroes. You know, quote unquote the heroes. But if there's a villain. For the action movie Mount Rushmore's and an opposite, if you will, you know you got to counter the heroes with the villains. Then Hans Gruber is number one on that as well, and we're here to celebrate Hans Gruber. We're here to celebrate Die Hard and maybe even a little bit of John McClane himself, uh, played by Bruce Willis. We're back. We're doing it again. This is gonna be a whole new uh, year of the show. We have a whole new guest joining us to talk about Die Hard, to talk about Hans and his importance to all of us. But before we get into the show. Thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent podcast. Please make sure you're following us on the social media at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. And if you are so inclined, if you feel the need, the need for speed, well, go listen to a Top Gun podcast because that's different. Ah, this is Pophead Nation, though. And if you want to join Pophead Nation, if you want to become an official member of Pophead Nation, you want to help keep the lights on on this podcast head on over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast 
where you can sign up, become an official member of Pophead Nation, depending on what level you select, and get you different things. But if you go all in, you're going to get access to all kinds of sweet bonus content. We're talking audio commentary tracks. We're talking video content, the podcast read segments, all that good stuff. A little extra bang for your buck. And my little thank you for your contributions to helping keep the show uh, going, growing, and improving as we do every episode. Thank you to my current patrons. Thank you to the Aspenil Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. He's the co-host of the Ringing Air, a fantastic music podcast. He's also a Dodgers fan, so he's probably going to be very, very happy later tonight. Well, you know, fingers crossed he's not, but who knows. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the evil circles. And the Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard. And finally, the New Jersey Devil himself, Mark Wegemer. Thank you so much for being Patreons. It means the world to me that you're here You're here, and you're helping support the show every episode. Uh, finally, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, whatever platform you desire. And if we're not on a platform that you're like, hey man, why aren't you on that platform? Let me know and we'll make it happen. And very last request, if you can, make make do with the, make good with those five-star reviews. They go a long way to helping small, tiny podcasts like us spread the word about what we're doing. They get some attention on us. They help uh, you know adjust those algorithms so that we pop up in more people's feeds as uh, suggestions and recommendations. And that's always a good thing because we want new ears. We want Pophead Nation to grow. We want people to enjoy the show and have as much fun listening to it as, as hopefully all you are. And definitely as much fun as I'm having uh, uh, recording it for everybody. And it, does, it doesn't get more fun than talking about Hans Gruber, a.k.a. Alan Rickman, the greatest villain in the greatest action movie of all time. Now, uh, we're, we're going to be joining up with, with Reagan today. Uh, Reagan, who has been on this, this podcast multiple times, but now is, is the host, or co-host, depending on how you want to look at it, of his own podcast, the Come On, It's Still Good podcast. And, and so that gives him some more bona fides to be on this podcast. <laughs> He's, he now has street cred. So we're going to link up with him. He's a big diehard fan. He's a big Hans Gruber fan. Uh, you, you might even say he's a big Bill Clay fan. Deep cut. Deep cut right there. So it's going to be fun, a fun conversation with him as, as we kind of talk about all the wonderful things. And, and knowing, knowing he and I and, and our long history together, it's very likely we'll, we will dramatically recreate scenes of the movie on this podcast. It, it's just going to be a fun time. It's going to be a blast. It's gonna, I, I think everyone will be entertained as as Hans Toberfest 2020 happens, and and I'm I couldn't be more excited to be doing this episode with Reagan, someone whose whose affinity for Die Hard is is almost as good as mine, is almost as high as mine. It was fun with Roger last year for sure, because Roger hadn't even seen Die Hard before, uh, which is was an interesting experience. But his his love for Hans will have to grow over the next few years to start to equal out. With some of us who've been watching Die Hard for, you know, 20, 30 years now. My God, it's been that long. It's crazy. Uh, I guess the biggest thing I have to say before we get started on the actual episode, before we have the conversation, before I link up with Reagan, is, you know, a lot of the trivia, a lot of the, the, the Die Hard behind-the-scenes stuff that I've, I've known for years and years and years uh, is now pretty pretty public, pretty common knowledge because of the Netflix series, the the movies that made us, which I I, I highly recommend watching. It's, it's a nice uh, four part series with four different films, and they have the fir- the very first one is Die Hard, or was it Ghostbusters? I don't know. It's it's 
I think it was Die Hard. I'm pretty sure the first one was Die Hard. Uh, it, and it's wonderful. It's really, really great. And it talks so much about uh, all the things that went on with the making of Die Hard. Uh, and they also spend quite amount of, a, a good amount of time discussing Alan Rickman and and, and the rather unusual uh, uh, casting of Alan as as the, the villain, as Hans Gruber for the movie. Because up to that point, Alan Rickman was 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 a theater actor. You know, he he, he was doing Shakespeare and, and, and plays and and uh, you know I'm, I'm you know all that all that stuff all that that highfalutin English theater that that I love to an extent, <laughs> but he was not a known commodity here in the states, uh, uh, particularly particularly for for an action film for a for a villain in an action film, uh, but he came on board and. I mean, even as a as a as a as a young boy, you're you're sort of captivated by the performance that Rickman brings to Hans Gruber. You know, we've we've said it before in this podcast. It's 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 pretty common knowledge, or at least a, a pretty commonly held belief that your hero is only as good as your villain. And while the other Die Hard movies are good, they'll never equal this one because John McClane will never have a villain as good as Alan Rickman's Hans Gruber. And 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 then this is our way of sort of paying tribute to the man you know uh, uh alan rickman passed away several years ago far too early and uh, you know it, it, he's been in many 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 wonderful films we, we could talk all day about about a lot of his films um i mean another another great villain role that springs to mind is is his uh his portrayal in robin hood prince of thieves with kevin costner he steals that entire fucking movie phenomenal performance just chews the scenery all to shit and it makes up for any any lack of British accent that Kevin Costner could not could or could not deliver, depending on on what scene he was in. <laughs> so again, this is this is our way of, of of paying respects, paying tribute, honoring the man, Alan Rickman, and and we do so by by celebrating Hans Toberfest, talking about Hans Gruber in the greatest action movie of all, of all time, Die Hard. So sit back, strap in, hold on to your butts. And buckle up, all right? Because this is Hans Tuberfest 2020. Get ready for Reagan. He's coming on right now. The code, please. It's useless to you. There are seven safeguards on our vault, and the code key is only one of them. You'll never get it open. Then there's no reason not to tell it to us. I told you. It's not over yet. It's a very nice suit, Mr. Takagi. To be ashamed to ruin it. I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. Give me the code. One. Two. Three. I don't know it. I'm telling you. Get on the jet to Tokyo and ask the chairman. I'm telling you, you're just gonna have to kill me. Okay. All right, joining me now via the Skypes, we have Reagan, the co-host of the Co is G podcast. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Good to have you back. You guys. Just, Second best guest. <laughs> you guys just did a, a, a epic two-part Matrix episode, 
and then you dropped. <laughs> I can't even. Uh-huh. I can't even say it. You just dropped House of the Dead on the world. That's, that's right. That was the first installment of our uh, Halloween themed Hortoberfest festival of movies. Yeah, where we're gonna watch four horror movies. I'm I'm stoked. You didn't spell horror with a W. That was nice. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm a, we're a classy podcast. Well, I mean, like in in House of the Dead. Listen. Not, not a, not a, not a, not a mass, not, not known by the the mass public at large. That's true. <laughs> it, it probably shouldn't be. It's a movie. Like, it's it's so bad it's good. Like, <laughs> it, it's not one of those scary horror movies or well thought out horror movies or well written slash well acted horror movies. It's a mess, but it's fun. Well, it, it's Uwe Boll, and, and you know we yes. we haven't we have yet to talk much about Uwe Boll and his films on the Tomcast podcast. So I urge people to head over to Co is is G, Co is G, Co is G Pod, Co is G Pod, and check this out because uh 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 I've avoided Uwe Boll and his films, <laughs> but you're taking them head on, and I respect that. Uh, I'm a, I've seen more of his films than I thought I had. You are a zombie head for sure. Like you love uh, all that shit. Yeah, but it, it's I, I've seen the first Blood Rain movie. Sure. I've seen Alone in the Dark with Kristen Slater and Tara Reid. <laughs> Don't admit like, that's that. a that's a bad movie. <clears throat> What I own a copy. I can mail it to you if you really want to watch it. <laughs> I don't. You don't. You, you don't ever have to send it back. You can just keep it. <laughs> keep it for yourself. <laughs> understood. Understood. <laughs> well, but yes, it, it was a fun podcast to do. Uh, I know it's a Thursday night for you. You probably have work early in the morning tomorrow. Are you? Oh, you are having a beverage tonight. I I, I am drinking a beer. Yes. Represent. The Maryland's for us. What are you drinking tonight, bud? I am uh, once again on this podcast drinking a fantastic beer from Flying Dog Brewery, Thunder Peel. It's a hazy IPA, and it's amazing. Excellent. And uh, from the Moore Park area of the Californias, which is just north of Los Angeles, I'm having Ennegrin's uh, Edel Pills because uh, we're doing this podcast late at night. Well, late late at night for Reagan, later at night for me than I would prefer. <laughs> Which means I had all my IPAs earlier in the day, so I needed to kind of <laughs> settle down a little you bit. Needed to settle it. Yeah. So the Edel Pills from Ennegrin, uh is a nice uh, middle of the ground, middle of the road, so I can do this podcast and function semi coherently. All right. Sounds good. Well, you're here. Welcome, Reagan. Welcome to the second annual Hans Toberfest. Thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of it. I'm excited I get to be here for it this year. You know, it, it, it the, everything was working out really weirdly on the schedule. And I was like, man, how am I going to do Hans Toberfest? And I just was like, we're going to will this into existence because Hans Toberfest has to happen. Hans Gruber, in my mind, and if you disagree, say so. The one of the the the, the greatest action here, action movie villain of all time. Oh yeah, because he actually has a plan, and especially in the '80s. A lot of 80s villains have really no plan. Right. right. He has a plan, and it would have worked if it wasn't for one pesky, off-duty New York cop. Fucking John McClane. 
If it wasn't for John McClain, he'd be sitting on a beach earning 20% right now. That's right. <laughs> uh, what What is your first memories of watching Die Hard? Uh, sitting in my rec room in the, my house in or my, my parents' old house in Rockville. And it probably being on like TBS. So it was like the. It's not Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon. That's from the second one. What did they <laughs> edit it in the first one? Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon is the second one. <laughs> is this the second one? That's what, yeah, that's when he's on the tarmac. Oh, that's, he, that's right. That's in Dyer, too. About to blow up. He's yeah. like, Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon. And oh. you're like, oh. <laughs> you're right. What is it in the first one? I don't even remember I now. I can't remember. Because the, the Mr. Falcon one's much more famous because it, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, that, those are my like. I remember watching because they. I want to say they were on like TBS or USA. Pretty much every like Saturday and Sunday in the late nineties. So Wait, you could so, just watch Die Hard marathons. So th- that's like your first experience was, was the late nineties. Uh, no, no, I probably that's the first. I mean, I, that's why I was watching it. Started watching it religiously. Okay, okay. Um, probably the early nineties, like probably fourteen or fifteen, maybe. That I can remember, but still in syndication, kind of like the edited TV versions of, of yeah, the yeah, yeah. So, when was the first time you saw it with all the cursing? <laughs> uh, probably like I'm trying to think. I, I might have caught it on like like, uh, like well, so a, a cable service we had <laughs> at my house at a time that may or may not have been it might have required 100% on the up and up yeah might have required a black box quote unquote to to operate it might have required a a piece of an aircraft that's fucking wild i don't think i realized that about about, about yeah. you guys is uh you you i mean i'm assuming you and your brothers are all kind of in the same vein here uh yeah you know, kind of grew up with the the TV censored version of it for the yeah. for like a better better word. Yeah, because because it came out what eighty seven, eighty eight, I think. Yeah, eighty eight. All right, so I would have been like nine. <laughs> sure. So so I you know I I knew who Bruce Willis was when I was nine because I think Moonlighting was at its height at that point in time. It, it sure was. It sure was. But I mean, this movie's great. Yeah, it's, no, no, no. I, I, I think I said it on, on last year's podcast about uh, you know, last year's Hans Toberfest. Uh, I, I, and I'll, I'll have to verify with Mark one more time, but I'm pretty sure this is like the first rated R movie we ever saw. It was on VHS uh, because a, a, a co-worker of my father's lent us this after uh, the employees of my dad's company bought him a VCR, our first VCR. Oh, and like Die Hard was like the first thing we ever got to watch on a VCR, and this was like the VHS tape they loaned us to watch on it. What a great movie to watch! Is the it, first one. Well, in the first night we weren't allowed to watch it. They watched it. My dad and my mom watched mm-hmm. it without us. We had to go to bed, but they decided that it wasn't that bad. <laughs> really, as far as like language ah. goes, I think they were more worried about language and nudity. Language, yeah. I, I guess there, there's there's like one like people effing. There, yeah, there's like, yeah, there's like the language is 50 50, but the nudity is like, meh, you know, not like hardcore pornography or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Die Hard is not a hardcore <laughs> porno film. I'm sure there is a porn parody called Die Harder well, or something what like I'm, that. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is like, it's not radar because of the boobies. That's true. 
You know, it's rated R because of the other stuff in the film, which I guess my parents decided was okay. They were cool with. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. So we got the the like the next day or like the the following whatever the weekend was or whatever it was. I think was the first time uh, Mark and I both got to watch Die Hard, and we were uh, instantly, uh, 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 you know ingrained and saturated with it we loved it it was it was captivating and exciting and fun and i mean it kind of became the gold bar of action films oh i think it's still up there oh no i i i still maintain that it is like the standard for all action films and you know and what you know once we got a vcr once we got the vhs you know we got the membership card to go to all video in twinbrook and then eventually oh, the 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 rental card for Blockbuster and all that stuff. I mean, you know, that's when you explore like the Stallones and the Schwarzeneggers, and, and mm-hmm. you know, you you get to uh, what's his name, Captain Ponytail, Seagal. Seagal. <laughs> yeah, you 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 explore all those things, but like for for us, it was I think Die Hard maintained its position as a number one, forever and ever. Oh, that, yeah, it's absolutely up there. And you I, didn't mention like Tango and Cash or. Well, I mean that's Stallone. Yeah. Come on. All right, it's, it's more Russell. <laughs> well, uh, I I won't disagree with you on that. As as a Kurt Russell uh, fanatic, I yeah, will not disagree with okay. you on that. But uh, uh, I, as I've gotten older, you know, as I became a teenager and, and into into my early twenties and my early thirties and stuff like this, Die Hard always stayed as a pinnacle because like I didn't just like John McClane. It's because Hans Gruber, great villain. Incredible villain. Someone who can go toe-to-toe with John McClane's masculinity, with his, his, his wits and his wisdom. And then you had, uh, what was his name, Alexander Gudinov as the, as the muscle as Carl. As Carl, yeah. Yeah, so you had like the two, the, like the yin and the yang kind of with the villains, because you had, you had Hans and you had Carl versus John. Come on. Fantastic. It is. Do you think Carl would have been so nuts if John didn't kill his brother in the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie? So let's let's talk about his brother, Tony, for a second. My uh, one, like, little, like, I, I, I don't have a lot of nitpicks for Die Hard because I think, it, to, to me, it is almost flawless for an action film. You with, yeah. me, with me so far? Yeah, absolutely. His brother, Alex, uh, Carl's brother, uh, uh, is Tony. Got that right, right? Is Tony wearing sweatpants? <laughs> That's a weird look. That might have been the style in Europe at the time. <laughs> you think so? Gray sweats and a gray sweat. Gray sweats and wasn't it like bluish? No, it was like straight gray. Gray pants, gray top. <laughs> Maybe he got like when they flew over on the plane. They drank a little too much. He threw up all over his clothes, and he's like, "Oh no." I can't go rob Nakatomi Plaza. I need to get clothes. And that's all that was at the gas station was a sweatpant jumpsuit. See, I, I have also concocted a similar backstory for Tony <laughs> in which he decided to try the local cuisine and went to a Mexican restaurant that did not have the A-plus rating in the window and had a little bit of a a, a bad effect. Had a- I was going to say, had a D minus in the window. <laughs> yeah, may not have been up to code per se, and uh, the the uh, the uh, empanadas did not match <laughs> what he was in- expecting. <laughs> you know, or, or perhaps a uh, street hot dog did not go the way it was supposed to. 
Street hot dogs are so good, though. I don't. Sometimes you got to risk it. I don't disagree with you, but you know, sometimes I mean, you're, you're coming from Germany. You know, you're you're you're, right. you're 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 you know, listen, you're you're inclined to tube shaped meats, but you know, wrapped in bacon, covered in in sauces you're not familiar with, perhaps too much. Probably was. Yeah. <laughs> so he got sick all over himself, and all he could get in like five minutes was a. You know, a nice sweatpants, sweatshirt yeah. combo. He had to go to like a pre-Target and get the, yeah. the, the gray sweatsuit that was available to him. I was going to say, maybe like Woody's was still open. Do they have Woody's on the West Coast? I don't think so. I don't think so. Huh. I'm trying to think <laughs> of another defunct store. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Well, because if you watch the film, uh, you know, when they're on the roof at, at Nakatomi Tower... You can you can prominently see a Ralph's, which is a a, a famous West Coast grocery store. Yeah. Oh, it's not like a Quickie Mart or it's a grocery store. It's not like a convenience store. No, Ralph's is, is basically equivalent to Safeway. Okay. okay. Though the actual equivalent to Safeway in the West Coast is Vons, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, so in in you know, Ralph's and Vaughn's do have a small wardrobe selection, so perhaps they had to run into Ralph's real quick while while uh, Tony was throwing out his messy pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the only thing I can kind of like, you know, to me, Die Hard is almost like 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 this flawless movie. I just have a question about like, why is that dude wearing sweatpants? <laughs> I think that's just what he liked to wear. Actually, he probably put it on because they were flying. He wants to be comfortable flying. Okay. So he just put on some sweats and was like, it's not going to matter. No one's really going to see me. So then I'm going to be upstairs. No one's going to be there. I can just hang out and chill. So they, they didn't come out early, kick it in Malibu or kick it in, in Santa Monica before they went to Nakatomi Tower. They're just like, to the flight, to the tower. Let's go. He, he might have missed his first flight or he's like, I'll fly in night of. You got go do whatever you want <laughs> the, you know I'll meet you there so too much curry versed in Berlin might have been the problem <laughs> I mean I suppose it's a possibility I you know I'm, <laughs> again I mean now that you pointed it out it's all I'm gonna F and notice <laughs> my thing was like why didn't he just cut the tops of the shoes open so John could wear like his shoes or like something just so he's not barefoot. Yeah, no, that's a fair point too. You know, I, you'll, you'll listen when you, when you listen back to this episode, or take his socks at least. Take his socks. Well, I mean, foot fungus. I mean, come on. Gross. I mean, shoot the glass. You'll take some foot fungus. She's in Fensta. Come on. <laughs> we only speak German when we do this podcast. Scheiße. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> no, like, I I have no flaws to talk about in this film, other than like, why is he wearing sweatpants? That's weird. <laughs> and maybe he's and like, is he going commando? Who knows? Perhaps he like you know he's he's doing a full uh, Joey, and he doesn't want to wear the the underpants. Well, that's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> Again, of a movie with very little flaws, this is the one thing I seem to have focused on. <laughs> but but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously 1988 was a, a very different world from where we are now. You know, there was still West Germany and East Germany and like Germans as terrorists. That seemed real. Like, why not? 
That's true. Let me ask you this. Uh, Was this your first exposure to Alan Rickman on film? Or had you seen him in other things by this point? This is probably my, my, this most definitely my first Alan Rickman experience. And it opened up a world of uh, a lifetime of wonderful work after that. Yes. Yes, it did, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, Galaxy Quest, Dogma. I'm wearing the shirt. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> yes you shall Graf- be oh, actually, okay it does you can't really see by graph thought hammer but now i can see it it's in the I ring the seed, you go yeah. yeah it's in the they hid it from you <laughs> the ring around my right. shirt says by by graph hammer and then the bottom part says by the sons of orvin and then in the middle you shall be avenged because galaxy quest is come on one of the greatest movies of all time it's awesome I'm sad the sequel's probably not going to get made now. No, it's sadly Alan Rickman's passing. Has, it will probably prohibit that. Um, well, that's what they said. They said that we can't replace him, and we don't know how to do it without him. Have you had a chance to watch the uh, the, the movies that made us on Netflix, with where they focus on Die Hard? No, I haven't. Ooh. Is that the... They did like the toys that made us too. And... Yeah, it's the same same people who did that made the movies that made us. And I think yeah. the first season is four or five episodes. I think like... you, you talked about it on here, right? I, I did. Yes, that's why I know about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's like Die Hard and Ghostbusters, and you know, like just those kind of movies, like stuff that like is heavily influential. And and I mentioned in the opening of the show how that documentary sort of stole a lot of my thunder as far as like, you know, random bar trivia for Die Hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, one of my, again, another one of, the, one of the things they talk about is is like the kind of unconventional casting of Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber, you know, based off his like, mm-hmm. this like huge theatrical background he has as, be, you know, being in, you know, theater, like in plays basically in, in England. And he gets this part as like the heavy for an action film in America and he has to play a German guy of all people. And then <laughs> not only that, but then like, I mean, I mean, one of your, one of our favorite scenes, like the way he shifts between his accents because he also plays Bill Clay. Bill, Bill Clay. <laughs> so awesome. Fucking Rickman's a genius. Come on. That's yeah. all I got to say about it. Just, just the way he immediately goes into, oh, God, don't kill me. Or you're one of them. Don't kill me. And a, a great American accent. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, when they, they're having like the casual conversation, you know, John McClane and him. And, and, and uh, he's talking about the, 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 the target ranch he went to where he learned to shoot with a, with a paintball gun. And then he tries to shoot John <laughs> McClane in the back and he can't because John McClane is well aware of what's going on. So good. How did John McClane know? That was way too convincing. He knew. I definitely would have been shot multiple times. He, the the affinity for German cigarettes, I think, gave him away. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to kind of like kind of encompass everything that's so great about Die Hard. I mean, because because it's not only Hans Gruber, Gruber, but he's mm-hmm. such a key ingredient to being that counterpoint to Bruce Willis's John McClane. But you also have the wonderful supporting performances. But you have Reginald Vell Johnson. You have uh, Bonnie okay. Bedelia as his wife. You and, you mm-hmm. know, even even Dwayne T. Johnson 
as the police commissioner who gets butt fucked on national television. Not literally. <laughs> glass. Who gives a shit about glass? <laughs> I mean, the, the movie's just, it's, like I said, it's so perfect. I guess the thing I'm curious about, and, you know, you and I are of the same generation, so maybe you at me asking you this is, is, is challenging, but, like, are, are we blinded because of our generational differences with the younger folk? Like, would a younger person say, like, no, John Wick's the best action movie ever made? I mean, John Wick's a really great film. <laughs> I, I, I love the uh, Wick series. I really, really do. But, like, to me, what Wick lacks is a Hans Gruber. That's true. There's no, His villains are pretty one-note. Pretty one-note. Super disposable. Yeah. You know, those movies kind of hinge around fight scenes and action sequences. I mean, get into John Wick a little bit. They've actually built up a pretty good villain in Winston. Have you seen John Wick 3? Which or did I just Winston? spoil shit for you? Which one's Winston? Um, Deadwood. What is that? the actor's name? Um, fuck. Super famous. Oh, the guy who runs the hotel? Yeah. Okay. That's Winston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. that's yeah. what's his name. You know, oh, what's his Spoilers name? Spoilers for John Wick three. I apologize. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. So you know they've they've done a good job setting that up, but I I wouldn't put him on the same level as Hans Gruber. Right. No, he's a great actor too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm trying to think what his name is. I'm trying so to get bad. It right I know now. it's Winston in the movie. No, I'm trying to get it right now. Like, he's, he's in everything. Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Thank you very much. Deadwood guy. Like, yeah. Super famous Ian McShane. I apologize. <laughs> if you're listening at home, you do wonderful work. Well, you know, Ian McShane, famous for referring to Game of Thrones as the Dragon Titty Show. So there you go. <laughs> he ain't wrong. <laughs> he may not be wrong. He ain't wrong. No, no. I love me some Ian McShane. Don't worry. And uh, his role in, in, uh, in uh, Hot Rod is the best. Yes, that's also very funny. <laughs> so he can do comedy too. But, but I did remember the first uh, Alan Rickman movie I saw. It was not Die Hard. Was it Robin Hood? It was Robin Hood, Prince, Prince of, of Thieves. Thieves with Kevin Costner. Exactly. Yeah, yes. that's what I but, wondered because your ages are kind of like right there. Yeah, my my parents. We went as a family to see that movie because it was like the big shit of the summer. Yes. Yeah, it was like, like summer like ninety uh, ninety one. Costner's Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brian Adams on the soundtrack, great movie. I mean, haven't Love watched it. it a long time. Might not hold up. Is it is it in the bat is it in the pillowcase for, for your podcast? It, it is not, but it is going in the pillowcase. I want to be on that podcast. Cause You're I invited. love that movie and I watch it almost yearly. <laughs> I, I probably haven't seen it in fifteen years. Listen, it's not without like, it's I know problems. Morgan Freeman's in it, Christian Slater's in it. It's not without his flaws, but because of Alan Rickman, that movie, yeah, his yeah. chewing of the scenery, the way he just yells at people, he'll carve his heart out with a spoon. That's exactly the exact theme scene I was thinking of. <laughs> Wouldn't a knife be better? <laughs> it's dull. It It'll hurt more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan Rickman, a fucking brilliant, brilliant, brilliant actor who brought so much to so many roles. And it, it I, I don't want to diminish what he's he's done in 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 subsequent years by saying him as he as his portrayal of Hans was kind of like his defining moment by any means, 
Because it's not. I mean, there's a whole generation that knows him as Snape from from Harry Potter. Yeah. That that is who my wife knows him as. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do I do not mean to diminish that at all. But for for those of us who are in our 30s and 40s who who grew up with with Die Hard, uh, it, again, like we said, his he was equal to the hero in Die Hard in every way, which is one of the things that doesn't happen a lot in action films. I mean, one of the I think one of the reasons why Under Siege uh, still kind of holds up on, on subsequent reviewings is because Tommy Lee was a decent villain for him. Okay, not he, on the Hans Gruber level, but do you remember Tommy Lee's character's name in Under Siege? I always called him just Tommy Lee with a headband because he was in that. He... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what Steven Seagal called him, and they're like, Stephen, that's not his name. His, his name's whatever it is. I don't remember either. But I'm just saying that's how. He's more iconic because you remember Hans Gruber. Well, let me ask you this. What is Steve right. Seagal's name in Under Siege? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he can remember his name. I don't this think he has. Named all his, yeah, char- all his characters Steve. are Steven Seagal. <laughs> it's <laughs> easier that way. <laughs> god i wish that was true <laughs> don't call me out i'll call you out <laughs> um all right man his name was casey ryback <laughs> everybody knows Oh, because everyone that. knows that i got all my casey ryback shirts behind me you guys didn't see him <laughs> yeah and tommy lee jones was obviously william strandix standix <laughs> I'm not reading that from IMDb. That is all memory. <laughs> He's totally reading that from IMDb. <laughs> Don't ruin the effect. <laughs> hey, man, we're living in that radio podcast lifestyle. Don't worry. That's right. I, I you know, again, turning the focus back to the diehard, though. Like, like what, yeah. what, like, what are some of your favorite things? Like, like, what are some of the things that like captivated your interest in this film? Um, the the going up through the the ceiling of the elevator shaft and cry, crawling around in the vents. Yes. I was so bummed out when I found out real elevators don't have those hatches. <laughs> That's only something for TV and movies. Like yes. that bums to this day bums me the fuck out cuz I know if something goes down I'll never be John McClane. I'll just be stuck in a metal box. No, you can't feel like a TV dinner in a ventilation shaft. Uh, like that I, the Bill Clay stuff has always got me because I always thought that was awesome. Like, if I had a band, I would have called it the Bill Clay Experience, <laughs> and four people would have got it, and I'd be like, "You are the true fans, the truest of the true." Yeah, I mean the whole the whole plot being uh, uh, a little bit of a misdirect. Like, like again, you think they're terrorists, even though even though Hans kind of tells you in the beginning, like, "Who said we're terrorists?" And they're really just there to, yeah. to rob the company. Yeah. I mean, uh, to, you know, again, I was 10-ish when I saw that movie, maybe maybe 11. And and uh, uh, that was like, I'm like, whoa, there's so much more going on in this movie than I thought. And that always captivated yeah. my, my interest in it. And then like the sort of like weird dynamic he had with Holly, the, the, the captor and the captive relationship, mm-hmm. and, and John... As like you know, that the guy who's gonna ruin that because like, hey, by the way, that's that's his wife. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Miss Genera, or, or Mrs. McLean. Mrs. McLean, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you know you have the whole thing with, with the watch and Ellis. You have the whole thing with Takagi. Oh. 
the the whole situation. Uh, both of those scenes are great. The scene with Ellis and 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 Hans is like top tier entertainment as best. As Ellis is trying to like snowball Hans and get John to do what he wants him to do to like supposedly will like end the situation. The whole like Hans. Booby! <laughs> I'm sure Ellis was a fucking fantastic salesman for this company. All the cocaine he sniffed in that movie, he had to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you only sniff cocaine like two or three times. Like just a couple <laughs> little bumps just to get him going. Well, he's doing lines in Holly's office at the beginning when John first yeah, comes yeah, in. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> I don't know about that. He didn't wipe it away real, real clean. Like, <laughs> wasn't super subtle with that. Well, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. But I mean, this this movie has so much going on. It has like the inner office politics, the inner office dynamics of these relationships. Then you have, you know, Hans and his, his group of criminals. You have John as the uh, the I don't know spurned lover to an extent. Like, is is Holly cheating on a him? Strange. Do, do you think Holly's cheating on him at this point? No, I think Holly is pretty close to divorcing him at this point, though. Yeah, I, I think Holly's keeping both of them at arm's length. Uh, you know, John and Ellis. Yeah. Oh, there's no way Holly banged Ellis. There's no way. No, he, he's such a cokehead. It gets so obvious. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Ellis ran through the secretary pool of that company pretty yeah. fast. And he, and he's trying with Holly because, like, you know, he's like, you know, offering up that that Rolex watch. You know, that yeah. they mentioned so prominently in the beginning that factors heavily into the end. Yeah, <laughs> and you know it, it is a little symbolic that we, you know, when John flips the the like the, the wristband on that on that watch at the end to send Hans plummeting to his demise. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Yeah, Hans doesn't make it out, unfortunately. So again, you haven't seen the documentary, so I, I guess I'll you yeah. know maybe you don't know this, so I'll, I'll impart a little bit of what I had known before the documentary stole That's all my thunder. But it's <laughs> all right. Bar trivia me. It's all right. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, you know how they filmed that scene, right? Like they basically lied to Alan Rickman. They're like, Oh, oh. I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they really just dropped. They really just dropped Fuck him. that. <laughs> like, that's fuck. Yes. That's real fear in his face. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. He talks about, there's a great YouTube video of him talking about that. It's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. I recommend it highly is, you know, just Google, go on YouTube, Alan Rickman, die hard falling. And you'll, you'll find the video. It's phenomenal. Where he's talking about it very candidly in front of a, a group of whoever's. So good. So so awesome. <laughs> Terrible that they did it. I hope he was very mad at them. <laughs> I think they saved Although, it for the I mean, end on purpose. <laughs> is this this is his first American movie, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so he can't throw a, a hissy fit or anything. No, he has he has basically he has no power at this point in his yeah. career. Oh my god. They just took advantage of the foreigner. You know, I like I said, I, I highly recommend going and watching the uh, the Netflix special, the, uh, the the movies that made us, because it it shows a, a sort of uh, filmmaking that I don't think can exist anymore. You know, like 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 you know the surprise tactics on the actors and and sort of like the unconventional casting, because even Bruce Willis wasn't the first choice to be John McClane. Not by any means. Uh, no, because he, he was just a TV guy at that point. TV guy. And, and so many of the executives at 20th Century Fox were like, he's a TV guy. He can't do movies. And obviously, big mistake. Yeah, yeah big mistake. <laughs> Although, I mean, 
because moonlighting moonlighting's at its, at its peak here, right? Yeah, moon moonlighting was still going on. It was uh, yeah at its peak at the highest of the the sexual tension. Like they, they had in his had his character get together with Sybil Shepherd's character. No, no, yet. no not yet. Yeah, that, so. that, after they got together, that's when it was downhill. That yeah, that's when it all collapsed. So yeah, again, peak Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. Excuse me, Sybil Shepherd and 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 Bruce Willis at the height of their sexual tension as Die Hard yeah. was coming out. So I remember you, watching that show with my dad. He loved Moonlighting. Well, again, so you you kind of you know you were able to kind of parlay that uh, into all of a sudden the 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 female audience is all of a sudden interested mm-hmm. in action film because of Moonlighting too. So right. so many like unexpected benefits of casting Bruce Willis. You know, again, you know the the reason why we're doing this show is Alan Rickman, but I mean he's the he's the yeah. X factor. But people mm-hmm. went to this movie. You know, you you had a male and female showing up because a explosions, so guys were in, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Bruce Willis, the unexpected uh, sex appeal factor of moonlighting and and that whole carryover. So, uh, uh, guys and gals were were in, in, intrinsically interested in seeing how this movie played out, and the fact that it was so yeah, intricately plotted, so intricately de- like it, again, it's basically flawless. It is almost like the, the perfect action film. Other than sweatpants, like, what are you going to complain about? Okay, at the end of the movie with Argyle, which we, we haven't really talked about the Argyle We have not character. talked about Argyle. Well, this is not the Argyle podcast, but sure, let's go. All right, well, tune in next week because I'm going to break <laughs> on the Argyle cast where we just break down Argyle. Um, he crashes the van into Livingston, I believe the, the guy's name is. The the hacker character. In the van? Yeah. The hacker? Because you have to have one hacker in a late 80s Had John talked to him? I can't remember. Because he – had John – like, did he know something was – like – Our guy was, was kind of sort of paying attention to everything going on via the CB radios. The, he had the police the channel TV. going on. Do you have it? He had the police channel. I think mm-hmm. – I don't think he had a TV going on because he was in the garage. Uh, I know. I know. Hans had the TV going on up in Holly's office. Oh, but, but he I had, the he had CB, a TV so in the back of the limo. Argyle had the police channel going on on his CB radio, so he was okay. paying attention. I think, and I think he starts piecing things together as he's seeing what's going on. And now all of a sudden, like a, like a tractor trailer unloading an ambulance inside of the parking garage yeah. of the Nakatomi Tower. Alarm bells going off up in Argyle's all head. Right. All right, I'll take it. He's quick on his feet. Well, John says that to be in the movie. He says it's very quick. Uh-huh. Watch it again. Uh-huh. I'm quoting. That's true. <laughs> I, I want to. It's I, I want to look for it on YouTube TV. It is not available, and I don't have it a digital copy of it, which is that's horrible. A, and a, I will rectify that tonight. That's a crime. That is a crime, my friend. It, it's I I bought the the tri- like when it was just a trilogy mm-hmm. on DVD, and uh, if you use. Just to digital with Voodoo, which I've been using, you can't do box sets. Oh, okay. Interesting. It has to be individually bought movies. Interesting. So. Interesting. Because it, like, it's annoying. So, I mean, I'll gladly buy the first three movies again. That's why the only Die Hard movie in my digital collection is Die Hard Four: Die Hard with a Vengeance. Or not with the vengeance. Uh, live free or die hard. I was say, me. Uh, die hard. Die hard. The vengeance three. Three. <laughs> Excuse me. I, got, I just got a little excited to get the title out. I apologize. You know, I still haven't everybody seen, listening at home yelling at me. I still haven't seen the fifth one, 
Uh, the one with uh, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, with Jake Jay uh, Courtney as his son. Jack Courtney. Yeah. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, I, I've like, not seen that one. When he's in Russia and it, I wish that instead of John McClane's son, because they had already gone the kid way in the fourth one with Lucy. With Lucy, yeah. And that worked very well. Like uh, honestly, they should have made this Hans Gruber's kid. <laughs> like if you wanted to get into it, Jack Courtney should have just been Hans Gruber's kid. I I can't looking for McLean to come kill him. I can't I can't comment too much since I haven't seen it. Uh, the reason why I, I like four because it's very much like John McLean's the analog guy versus Timmy, Timothy Oliphant's digital guy. You know, the old versus the new, and I, I like that. I thought that worked. You know, and you had Justin Long to kind of be the facilitator. And then, yeah. you, then you had Kevin Smith show up and drop uh, Boba Fett. Yeah, and that's the comic so. relief. <laughs> yeah. Maggie Q is, is great in it. Maggie and... Q is great. You're right. Yeah. But, I mean, still, the the, the, the sequels are kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, diminishing returns, I suppose. Well, well, it's, it's like you said. The Die Hard, almost perfect, except for your sweatpants, which <laughs> I'm fine with. In my opinion... It's, Perfect. It's not a flaw. It's more. It's just more of a comment. <laughs> yeah. You'd, I mean, I also hate sweatpants. I don't wear them personally. <laughs> I think they look terrible. I don't even own a pair of sweatpants. No, and he has. I mean, and he. You know, he. I actually, I think. I think he, that character is a little ahead of his time because he's wearing very tight sweatpants, which is very in yeah. nowadays. Maybe, maybe it was in <laughs> in Germany in the eighties. Those euros. They're so ahead of the times. I know. We'll have to go watch some old uh, Right Said Fred videos and see if they're wearing sweatpants on them. <laughs> I get, but I guess I guess uh, so. Where would you? Where would you? I mean, do you agree? Die Hard is is like top tier number one in the echelon of the action films, or do you think? Oh I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a one seat. Like if you're doing a tournament. Yeah. Die Hard is definitely a one seat, and it's it still holds up nowadays, right? Yeah, yeah, like. Like it's, I consider it a Christmas movie. No, I know you're. Not, I, I know, I know you're not a Christmas movie fan. So that's a, that's a that's a bold statement. Yeah, it's it's one of the the three pre-approved Christmas movies I'll watch <laughs> at Christmas time. And my wife will be like, "Why are we watching this movie again? You've seen it a hundred times." I'll be like, "Shh, John McClane's on." There's a, there's a lot of that in my house too. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. I get it all the time. Uh, but it, it does bear to mention this. This movie also features Wilhelm von Homburg, aka Vigo from Ghostbusters Two. Vigo the Carpathian. Oh, isn't he? Uh... Oh wait, v, v, now I, I'm thinking from Ghostbusters Two. The guy in the Who painting. The, not the guy in the painting. He makes a guy at the the. Museum, his slave, Peter McNichol, maybe Peter McNichol, the the little artsy, yeah, the little guy, yeah, the little yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, that's Peter McNichol from uh, that that's who I thought you were talking about first. I was like, that guy's in this movie. No, <laughs> Wilhelm von Homburg, Vigo himself is one of the one of uh, Hans's goons. Oh, so he dies. Oh, of course he dies. Yeah, he he's one of the ones shooting the rockets at the at the LAPD's Humvee. Uh, Oh, okay, okay, okay. Is he the one who yells? Where he's like, go, go. 
He's one of the many Germans who yells like, in this what, movie because that's what well, they no, do. Like, there's two pushing a cart. And yes. They're dropping stuff off. Yes. And one of them yells. That's yes. the, one, the, one, the one with the ponytail is Wilhelm yeah. von Humburg, who uh, back in the day was a famous wrestler in Germany. Oh, for real? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this movie has like some like, crazy connections, and uh, especially with like 80s stuff. I mean, like a lot of this cast is also in Lethal Weapon, which I think is on your podcast pretty soon, right? No, we. I mean, I know you referenced this TV show. We referenced the TV show uh, way too much in our Matrix podcast. Because <laughs> for some reason, if someone brings up the Lethal Weapon television show, I feel the compelled to talk about it for thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> it's it's apparently a sickness I have. No, listen. And they were using it against me. I watched those first two seasons. I'm with you on the Lethal Weapon show. Don't worry. Oh, wait. Wait till you see season three when uh, Stifler shows up. That show's awesome. It's too bad it got canceled. <laughs> that, uh, it also brings in, um, what's her name? Princess from The Walking Dead. She just showed up on The Walking Dead. You haven't watched the season. You don't know Princess. I shrug at you right now because I don't know. Yeah, if you're... I, know. I know. I know. The, I know the character in the comic book. I don't know the character on the yeah, TV show. Yeah, there's an actress who plays her. She's in season three. The Walking. Anyway, I'm goddamn doing it again. <laughs> oh, this time it's frustrating because I was like, I'm not going to do it, and I still went into the goddamn rabbit hole. Well, I mean, listen. I mean, just always go back to Hans. Like, like, what are some of your favorite Hans uh, lines? I mean, that that first in, in interaction with Mister Takagi. Takagi, where he's yeah. Like, count to three. I mean, come on, talk about it. Uh, that my favorite is probably when he's making his demands. Asian and, and Dawn. He, he wants. Yeah, he wants to really. He's like, I read about them in Time magazine. Like, he doesn't even give a shit. Like, the movie is like like under the radar funny as hell because uh, of stuff like that. You're you're 100 percent right. Uh, he's talking about his suits with Takagi. That's great. Where he's like, I have two of them myself. Oh, like, rumor is Arafat buys them there his you uh, know, as well. Yeah, no, there's, there's there's good stuff, and and again, uh, you know, kind of playing along the comedy vein. I mean, last time you were on the show, we did we did the Big Trouble in Little China episode, and we talked about Al De Young as one of the members of yeah. the, of of uh, oh, I know the, exactly the what you're talking. Yeah, about. and you know, he's all of a sudden he's like the he's like the only like eight like non German dude in Hans's uh-huh. gang, and he's like, you know, he he sets up shop at a snack bar and just starts eating Mars bars. Doesn't he take a crackle? Was it a cra- was it was it a Nessie Crunch? I think he takes a crackle. That's that's my one complaint <laughs> about this whole movie. He's at a snack, you know, a, a newsstand or whatever it is inside the building, no less. Inside Nakatomi yeah, Tower, the, you know, in the lobby. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he takes a crackle. No one on planet Earth is taking a crackle as their one, number one go to candy bar. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like. That's a last resort candy bar. It is one of those situations where you, you know, again, you, you, if you watch the film as many times as you and I have, you, you know, and everyone in the movie is super German. I mean, everyone's talking German, except yeah. Al Leung, who is just like, oh, there's the random Asian guy that we've seen in a thousand movies, eighties movies. Yep. <laughs> it's like I, I, I ain't mad at it because I, I love him. <laughs> but, yeah. And again, another another lethal, lethal another lethal weapon connection as yeah. well. 
Yeah, because he he's is he the one who electrocutes Mel Gibson? Yeah, he has the, the sponges with, with the batteries. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's got the sponges. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So yeah, great scene. So a lot of connections. It's funny. It's funny. Like watch that and watch *Lethal Weapon*, and you'll see like a lot of crossover with, with the cast, and especially like the secondary, third, and, and tertiary characters. You're like, oh, that's you know, like one of the agent, one of the Johnson and Johnson FBI guys is one of the cops who's in the department oh. with Merton Riggs. <laughs> I mean, they both take place in L.A., right? Yeah. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, 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 the female newscaster is a psychiatrist for Riggs and Lethal Weapon. So tons of crossover between these two flicks. It's, it's pretty wild. I wonder, if they, I wonder if they shared, like, a casting director or something like that. Possibly. I, I want to say, you know, I need to look at it up real quick. Lethal Weapon might have predated it by a year, but I can't remember exactly. Yeah. I think I think Lethal Weapon's like eighty six or eighty seven. I was gonna say eighty seven. That was my guess, but it, it's still pretty funny. Like the uh, the amount of crossover with the cast, uh, and and perhaps like you said, perhaps it's because it's all L A based. But yeah, you know, it is uh, eighty seven. Oh, you're faster than me, dude. You got all the texting. All the, I all got the, all the fingers. Yeah, all the right. fingers working. <laughs> Yeah, so, but I mean, again, filming times and, and things like who knows? Like, they're probably filmed almost simultaneously. Yeah, probably. So, it, it, but it is funny to see that see that amount of crossover. Uh, but again, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, I, I love the first Lethal Weapon movie. I really do. You know, but like that movie is very much Merton Riggs, and I get, I get a little yeah. bit of Gary Busey as Mister Joshua. But like again, another villain who's not quite on the level. Of Hans Gruber. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, okay. Uh, what about uh, Patrick Swayze in Point Break as Bodie? Not on the same level. As much as I love Bodie. Yeah, I would. In that movie, I I, I would argue but, that that Bodie has totally different objectives than than Hans. I mean, Hans is very much about like I'm going to rob this company of six hundred and fifty million dollars worth of bear bonds, and Bodie's just like I'm just robbing banks so I can go surf. <laughs> yeah, he just wants to surf and party and, and be one and, with nature. Yeah, and he he wants to convert Johnny Utah to his way of thinking. Like Hans has no interest in converting John McClane to his plan. He's like, no, I'm gonna. You're trying to stop me. I'm gonna stop you from stopping me. Yeah, he doesn't want John McClane to hear his plan. No, and like, like, let's be perfectly, perfectly honest. The more guys John McClane kills, the bigger share Hans is gonna get for himself. <laughs> yeah, you know, once he's killing Carl and Marco and Han, you know all the guys, like it's, it's ho ho ho. He really sh- now he has a machine gun. I mean, come on. He he really should have put Holly in a room on the other side of the building from him while he was getting all the money out hey, and escape. You know, once John started making fists with his toes, it was all yeah. over. Because that's when he found his center hey. and he calmed himself. Have you tried that after a flight, after a long flight? No, I just use alcohol. Oh, okay. I have done that when I flew to Malaysia and back. <laughs> I've been like, hold on, i got to make some balls on carpet. <laughs> How's it go? Does it work pretty well for you? It's, I just fall asleep immediately and sleep for like six hours, and then I'm, I'm good to go. To be fair, I know, I know you pretty well. You would do that regardless. Yeah. Ninety <laughs> percent. But uh, after a twenty-four hour flight, you're going to pass out pretty much wherever you are for a while. That's fair. That's very, very fair. 
especially as much Johnny Walker red and beer I drink on planes. <laughs> what what else are we talking about Die Hard? I mean, again, this is like the perfect action uh, uh, film, but I feel like we're kind of dancing a little bit here. I mean, I, everyone's have to have seen it right now. It's like it's a twenty year old movie, right? You said what? Eighty eight. Eighty eight. So it is thirty two years old. Oh, thirty two. There you go. Sorry, my math is terrible. Yeah. Thirty two year old movie. Oh. I. But I mean, it propelled Alan Rickman to stardom mm-hmm. in the U.S. and Bruce Willis, and it made Bruce Willis a megastar. John McTiernan was the director, and he had done Predator beforehand, but he went on to do like Red October and a bunch of other great awesome. action flicks after this. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone who seemed to have their hands in Die Hard seemed to work out pretty well. I mean, Reginald Vell Johnson, Family Matters after this, a yeah. sitcom that defined our generation, Reagan. Yeah, that's a. I love Family Matters. I watched most I, of the Family Matters. Agreed. I mean, I, you know, I mean, but, you, you, you can look back and judge Urkel, but I mean, that's not our fault. That's not Reginald Val yeah. Johnson's fault. Yeah, he didn't write Urkel. <laughs> I mean, Urkel's probably par- problematic today. Sure. I mean, doesn't he drug himself to make himself cool, and then the daughter wants to bang him all the time? Well, and th- I guess that's, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's another thing about this movie that I, I wanted to talk about a little bit. And and correct me if I'm wrong, I I don't find this movie that problematic in 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 in, in this in regards to like 2020 standards of of you know gender equality and things like that. I, I feel like it plays oh, fairly straight. Like I mean, it's it's pretty on par. Like Holly is yes, she's a captive, but she's not passive by any means. She's doing what she has to do sur- to survive. Yeah. And I mean, she stands with John very affirmative, you know, with with a lot of authority in the very beginning of the, of the picture about like their relationship and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I I think this movie plays pretty well across the generations because of that reason. I don't think, again, I might be a little blinded because of my age, but I don't think I butt up against any of today's current social norms with it. No, no, because Holly's played in a way like. That she's respected. She's an executive at this big international company. I'm trying to think. I mean, she's really the only, you know, woman she's main, the main character in the character movie. In the flick, yes, and that maybe like, that, maybe that's her assistant's pregnant. Sure. That's yeah. I think one. And then there's the woman having sex. I think <laughs> that that that's, yes, you're right. And then uh, William Atherton's newscaster character has an assistant who's running errands for him. So oh, he does, and like, then he has he maybe you uh, could recast that the differently. Babies, the McLean's babysitter, also. Yes, and they they you know again they 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 play the they do a little bit of the race card on that, but like that's very relevant still to this day. That is super relevant you know, today. Call, calling and INS to get get information. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure if they rebooted it, that would still be in the movie. I again, yeah, I mean, especially in California, I mean that that rings true a hundred percent. One of the things I, I do really like about the flick, the picture too, again, a little bit away from Hans and, and sort of his yin and yang with with, uh, with uh, Alexander Gudnov's character is is John and, uh, oh shit, what's Reginald Vel, Vel Johnson's character? Uh, Al. Al Pal. Al. Al. Like, it's like this buddy cop picture where they're not, they've never actually met each other. Right. So like you, you get like this wonderful developing friendship between two characters who are just talking to each other on a on a on a on a radio? Yeah, 
Uh, like uh, when he's pulling the glass out of his feet in the bathroom. Yeah. And, and Al's and telling like the story. And they're completely opening up to each other. Yeah. About how, you know, Rachel Johnson shot a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's so great. Like, yeah. It really is. And then, it's so- character development in the middle of a great action movie. Yes. And, and so when, when the time comes at the end of the picture, you know, John and Holly are reuniting. And then Alexander Goodenough's character shows up and apparently is still armed with a machine gun. <laughs> Good job, LAPD. <laughs> they, they put a blanket on him. <laughs> <laughs> they put a blanket on him. They didn't notice the gun at all. But Al steps into the plate and pulls his gun for the first time since that incident. I mean, it. it, it I don't know. If I, it, maybe authenticity is not the right word. But I mean, it, it rings true for that character. Right, you know that's a, that's yeah, what you wanted to see. Like, that's the payoff you wanted. Yeah, he has such a like Rajivanta has such a you know he's not in the movie that much. He's just the the sidekick, but he has such a complete story arc that's just tucked into this movie. Mm-hmm. Like you know everything goes full circle, but also you didn't talk about Carl after he finds out his brother's dead and he just <laughs> so murders a, a drink hands. cart or whatever that is. <laughs> he, he really does. He bashes the shit out of that drink cart. Like no, no Christmas party uh, is complete unless somebody smashes the drink cart. Uh, which, And that's how Holly knows her husband's alive. Cause no one can make someone that angry, but her husband, you know, it's it, the, the one thing I was noting today when I was, when I was watching uh, Die Hard for the umpteenth millionth time, um, I was like, Oh Wow. Nobody really has office Christmas parties anymore because of like, you know, mo- mostly because of like legal issues. Like, oh, they don't want to be yeah. liable for whatever could possibly happen. So I'm like, wow, this is kind of like a throwback to the like, days of yore when people used to like just get down for Christmas. Yeah, that's what my company stopped throwing Christmas parties because we employ people under 21. Yeah. And apparently, you know, as young kids do, I'm not going to say I tried to do this, but, you know, you try to get your hands on some booze once in a while. <laughs> you gotta you know, no those, judgment. You gotta get We're those all ja- young ones. You got to get those Jaeger bombs when you can. I mean, come on. Oh, God. Now I kind of <laughs> want to do a Jaeger bomb. We've, we've all been there. It's okay. I'm going to come to San Diego. We're going to do so many Jaeger bombs. It's on, it's on the beer. It's on the liquor shelf. Don't worry. It's there. Though I use well, Jaeger as it's intended thinking, yeah. as a digestive for my nights of heavy <laughs> drinking. So, <laughs> is that what it's for? It's not for blacking out. So many herbs to help settle the stomach, yeah. Reagan. Come on. Uh, I just thought you know you dropped in some Red Bull or a beer and just chugged them, so you can have so a massive, massive heart attack. I know, I know, I know. I got gotcha. uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, one of my favorite things to drink of all time. It's a delicious Red Bull and vodka. Probably the worst thing you could drink on the planet. Well, I haven't had one in years because I'm an old (laughs) man now. (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite Hans Gruber line from this picture? There's so many. I know. I I know. That's why I'm trying to think. Because I I love the Bill Clay. I love it when he says, uh, yippee ki Motherfucker. Motherfucker. (laughs) That's great. The nice Uh, suit. I have two myself. Yeah, that and, you know, I read about them in Time Magazine. Yes, yes. Shoot the glass, which we haven't talked about. Oh, like, she's in Finsta. I said it. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, this- yes, I'm just going to keep staring at you like <laughs> Carl does. <laughs> Shoot the glass. <laughs> I mean, listen, this is only like a roughly hour long podcast. I mean, uh, we can go, we, uh, you know, if you want to do the commentary track for the entire movie, we can arrange that. Don't worry. And <laughs> uh, because I love Die Hard, uh, we should do a four parter where we watch the first four. And then you get to watch the fifth one and be sad like the rest of the humanity. And you'll be like, oh, no, they went one too far. One too many. Everything is garbage. Everything is awful. But for, for a film franchise to get four, like one, the best. Yeah. Two is really, really, really good. Two is really solid. Bill Sadler like, I, I, as as like the main villain with John Amos. Yeah, that's pretty solid. It, it, I think if Die Hard doesn't exist, Die Hard Two is probably in your top five movies of all time. Well, and and think about the the the, the multiple films that spun off inspired by Die Hard. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, Speed. Still, Speed. Yeah, a big Keanu Reeves picture. You know, launches Sandra yeah. Bullock's career. Die Hard ripoff. Basically, I mean, it's just on a bus. Everything was like Die Hard on a blank, you know. I mean, that yeah, became um, a whole subgenre of action films. Die Hard on a boat, Die Hard on a bus, yeah, Die Hard was, on a, like, you know. I was thinking about Under Siege and Speed Two, like it, it, exactly, exactly. I mean, it, it became a whole thing. Like, yeah, Die Hard on a train, Die Hard, you know, on any kind of mass transit system seemed to be a thing. Yeah. What was the one? There's a Die Hard in space. I mean, I guess you could say... Um, Jason X. <laughs> well, it's not Jason X. That movie's great, by the way. Stay tuned. Uh, was it Lockdown, the one on the prison? The prison Lockdown, thing? that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. I was thinking of the Guy Pierce one. I love Lockdown, by yeah, the yeah, way. Yeah. Lockdown's it's fun. It's not a perfect story. It's a no. fun movie. It's a fun movie with like some and, flaws, but fun. Yeah, but I I really, really love some Guy Pierce. Especially, <laughs> but but it, it's the John McClane of it. Is I'm drawn to that type of wisecracking hero type who's sure. kind of a dick but you know he's going to look out for you in the long run that type of shit well i mean turn, you know turning the focus on to john mcclain you know i'm watching the movie and i was watching john Thri- john wick 3 beforehand and uh, you know so obviously the the comparison was inevitable but it's just like oh john wick's this guy who does all this shit that i could never ever fucking do in my entire life John McClane, yeah. I could probably do some of this shit. You know, I'm not. I'm not sure I'm going to tie the 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 you know the the emergency fire line oh, around my waist to a building. But like, I mean, John McClane is very much more of an everyman than John Wick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Wick's basically a superhuman. Yes, like you know. Yeah, I but mean that's John Wick's business to be a trained killer. Well, no, I I agree, but there there's yeah. something to, to be said for you know watching a character that you can kind of relate to a little bit more. But like, oh, absolutely. oh, you know what? I could be the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time, and that's but that's, that's totally said, John McClane's thing. If John Wick was doing like quippy stuff and one liners, it wouldn't fit it would, for that no, movie at all. A hundred percent. No, John Wick uh, again. John Wick's not a a, a, die, a diehard derivative. That's why it can stand no, but, on, yeah, on its own it, and be awesome. I, I get it's a great action movie. Yeah, they really are a great they, action they, franchise. A hundred percent are, hundred percent are. But they, they are. There's just something about having like the John McClane relatable character. And again, oh, yeah. And again, you know, you look at 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 Hans Gruber, and again, sort of a, a relatable villain. Like, I mean, he's not. 
you know, trying to commit like mass genocide with some kind of far-fetched plan. He's just trying to rob a, a multi-billion-dollar company. I kind of yeah, get it. Just, <laughs> I, I, I get it. He's also, yeah. I mean, he has Takashi executed. Right. He course. didn't want. He gave Takashi several outs. All he, he needs he is had the a code. Chance. He had a chance. <laughs> do, do you think he would have killed every? I mean, I guess they were planning to kill everybody on the roof anyway. Right. Right. I, mean, I was like, maybe he would have left people alive because they're going to a country with no extradition and they're going to be rich. Like, they don't care if you see him alive. But I guess they did have a plan to murder everybody. <laughs> they did. They, they, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're still bad guys. But I, mean, I know. I'm trying to make him better it, than it, he was. But it's, it's, it's more of a, I guess it's more of a, uh, Underst- I don't know if understandable is the right word, but like, I guess if you're going to concoct a plan, like this is a plan like a normal person can concoct. It's not like some kind of like nefarious supervillain plan where it's like, I have to control all the satellites in the world and make them do this kind of thing. It's like, no, this is actually kind of like, I, I get it. This is kind of real. <laughs> I'm trying to think kinda. of that terrible plan right. from uh, what you, tomorrow, not tomorrow never dies. The world is not enough. Is that the one where the, the the media mogul wants to take over all the newspapers? Yes, or? yes. He wants to control yeah, the terror. news. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He was like, I will control the news and then control the world. Well, you know, it was, it was funny because the other the, again, I thought of an, another Nick Cage flick while uh, while I was watching Die Hard because I I love the the whole kind of yin and yang between uh, Hans and Carl. You know, like Hans is the brain and Carl's the muscle. Uh, and the, right. it, 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 I feel like when you watch, if you watch Con Air, I feel like it was sort of trying to put the two, the two together. Like, you know, Cyrus the Virus is smart and muscular. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I would say Bing Reigns is his muscle in that movie. Yes, but it's not like Cyrus can't hold his own. I mean, like John, John, uh, oh, no, yeah, John, yeah. Uh, 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 he got pretty ripped <laughs> for that for that part. Yeah. Like he's not look, he did like, no terrible press for that up. movie, by the way. <laughs> What's that? He did no press for that movie. I do you blame him? I mean, like, what are you going to say? Well, that that's exactly. He's like, what am I going to say about this movie? <laughs> I played a villain, and people did other stuff. <laughs> and again, Con Air, an insanely guilty pleasure of mine. So I'm not, I'm not knocking it by any means. Uh, it's in the bag. Ryan did just watch it. He was texting me about it the other day. He watched some of it, and I was like. Stop getting ahead in the podcast, don't, motherfucker. Don't spoil it. You're messing with our money, son. Don't, don't. <laughs> money? Wait a second. Are you getting paid for your podcast? Not yet. As I said, let me let me in on that secret because I I, have, yeah. I haven't cracked that code yet <laughs> myself. My goal is to make the podcast free for me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, again, going through... You know, some so many of the action movies that we grew up with, and 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 the ones from our early teens and twenties, and even the stuff into our thirties, like I I just can't think of a villain as good as Hans for an action flick. I mean, it, they're few and far between. Uh Khan, Star Trek Two. Again, I guess yes, but I I guess I can classify but that more is, as sci-fi. Yeah, it, it's sci-fi, and he was set up in the sixties. Right, but I, you know, what's a movie that like I don't have to like convince someone to go see because they're like, oh, Star Trek, Buh. I know. All right. So I mean, like, 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 look at Commando. Look at look at Cobra. I mean, like, those villains were all all over the place. Just Ivan yeah, Drago, just Rocky Four. Yeah, but Drago's Actually, no, no, no. Clubber Lang, Rocky Three. Go back and watch Rocky Three. 
Tulliver Lang is not a villain of that movie. He's just a guy who wants a title no, shot. He's and just a guy. Document. Yeah. Rocky might be the, the exception because like that's sort of like a, an action movie, an abnormality because it's a boxing flick. So it's just yeah. about two guys uh, who want to punch each other in the face. Do you count the Predator as a villain? Um, no, because I feel like he's a misunderstood character because he's just doing what he's doing. Yeah, he's hunting us. Yeah. That's not good for humans, but like, oh, okay. By his I was point, like, wait, are you pro alien or pro predator in this? I mean, if it so made for, if it made for a better sequel, I would be pro predator. But uh, I I saw the last oh. one, and I've rec- I have since recanted my initial review on this podcast. I, I mean, I've watched that that one. It could be better. Like, I love Thomas Jane. I it's got problems, but if they had said this is the predator killer. And that case opened, and Adrian Brody jumped out. I would have been like, "Oh shit, this is connected to Predators." I would have lost my mind. I'm pretty sure I said that on the podcast as well. <laughs> so uh, I'm, right. I'm with you on that. I'm yeah. with you on that. Or if it was old Dutch, Dutch like Schwarzenegger with a gray gray you, beard. You give me Dutch or Adrian Brody, and I would have been uh, stoked. Like that movie yeah. saves itself at the end. Yeah, or just make another movie and put Adrian Brody and Dutch in the same movie. But but again, I mean, back to, yeah. back to Die Hard though. Like, I, I again, I, I can't think of a villain who quite resonates the way that Hans does as as being like this wonderful counter to John McClane. I, no, he's he's almost perfect. Yeah, he's really good. He's so well defined. He's like wonderfully eloquent when he speaks. And, yeah, oh, and delivers these like, wonderful charming. lines. He, yeah, he tries to be charming and, and persuasive. Like he doesn't want to kill you, but he'll kill you. And yeah, like that's he... fun to watch. Yeah. And again, you know, he shouldn't hang on to a Rolex watch when you're hanging out of a window, just because like those bands Look, flip, flip on the flip, flip the band, it's all over. When you're falling out of a window, you're grabbing anything you can get your hands on, man. <laughs> You're not I mean, wrong. He he shouldn't have said Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. He should have just shot John McClane. He should have just shot John McClane. There were there were I you know ample opportunities in that final climactic scene, but it's so good. I mean, come on. Maybe, uh, I John say, McClane, maybe they just again, developed a relationship. Well, and uh, you know, I I I I couldn't swear to Hollywood history on this, but like this is one of the few movies I remember where like the heroes counting the bullets. You know, mm-hmm. like John's like, oh shit! I got two bullets and there's three bad guys. This is gonna suck. I can't remember another, especially in the '80s. Yeah, in the '80s in particular. Like, watch Commando. No bullets. Yeah. Never reloads. Infinity. Infinity clip. Yeah. He takes on an entire army by himself, mind you. Yes. He defeated <laughs> Cuba alone. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was. He was good. <laughs> No one counts. No, like there's a, there's a again. It's weird to say, but there's a, a decent sense of realism in Die Hard. Yeah, realism, absolutely. You know, you know. Oh shit, I'm out of bullets, and like this happens. It's not the first time it happens to McLean. You know, you know. First, he just had the he he had his a uh, his a uh, service pistol from being a cop, and then he gets the machine gun and he, and he taunts them with it. He's like, now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. And it's just it's just kind of great the way it all kind of like escalates and plays out and watching Hans kind of counter him whenever he can. It's so good. I, again, Die Hard, basically flawless. 
it, it's a great movie. And like Hans and John's like when they start talking to each other through the the walkie-talkie, and he's calling him Roy Rogers. Yeah, and that's where all the cowboy. Like that's a great scene. No, and I'm so glad they they reworked the script so they had like the whole the like the Bill Clay thing, so you actually had them face to face at one point. I got yeah. that, that was really cool. I think that worked out really really nicely, so that oh yeah, yeah. when John shows up at, at the end and he's like like the, 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 the kind of beaten down blown up guy that he is, um, and you you see the kind of the hell he's been through, and you you still see Hans in his in his you know three piece suit. Looking all sharp and you know, still kind of dapper. Yeah, <laughs> it just yeah, play, I mean, it just plays really well. Yeah, because John's been through a lot, killing I don't know what thirteen or twelve. He kills so many Germans. Oktoberfest was I mean, ruined that year for the for the German community. Just in the Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> <laughs> the Oktoberfest was very sad. So many, day. so many, so much sauerkraut that year that went uneaten. Yeah. Mm. Delicious, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what else I have to say. I love I, Hans. It, what do you have to say? Uh, uh, I love Alan Rickman. It, it's watch him in anything you can. Go watch Dogma. Dogma. Uh, any Harry Potter movie. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Robin Hood. Quest. Uh, Robin Hood. Uh. Fuck, dude. Watch him in uh, in fucking what? Love Actually. I don't. You know, he's fucking great in that too. I don't care. I'll go watch Love Actually. There, there was a YouTube video he did a few years before his death where it's all in slow mo. It's a fun watch. That's free. You can go watch that right now. It's great. <laughs> Alan, it's Alan Rickman throwing a glass of water in slow mo. No, he is a a, a you know I, you know the term would be national treasure, but he's he's a worldwide yes. treasure. Uh, we lost him uh, too too soon. Way uh, too soon. But his contributions cannot be ignored or forgotten. And uh, as as such. Hans Hooperfest will continue until the day that I die, or at least I can't afford to do this podcast anymore. Whichever comes first. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> We're going to live forever. That's the plan. You got anything else you want to say about Die Hard or, or Hans before we, we wrap it up? I love them both so much. It's talking to you about it has made me want to go upstairs and watch Die Hard before I pass out. Yeah. Call and up, call up buy a digital copy and yes. stop being a. a a dumb dumb about it. Yeah, stop doing that. Don't do that. But in the meantime, if you, if you like what Reagan have said, has said tonight about Hans and Die Hard, check out the Co is G podcast, Instagram, Twitter. Reagan, what's the next movie? Can you tell us what the next movie is going to be? Uh, we just released House of the Dead. Tune in tomorrow. Subscribe to the podcast. We're doing a new trailer thing where we have a special announcement on Fridays where we're going to announce what we're dropping for the next week. How dare so you? How at dare when we you? are recording this, <laughs> it will drop tomorrow. Well, so this podcast. So why don't you just fucking spill the beans, yeah. motherfucker? <laughs> All right, fine. We are watching the 1996 classic Scream. <laughs> I sort of had a hint. I saw your Instagram, so I was just like, just yes, fucking it, say it. Oh, uh, did he put it out on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> That guy is too good at Instagram and Twitter. Well, he put a picture up of what's his name, uh, Skeet Ulrich. Of, uh, Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, I, I know like... exactly what picture. I didn't know they had put it out already. It was. I was like, well, is I'm gonna this have next? to get with my social media team and be like, "Hey, man, 
<laughs> like we're we're doing a trailer release here, bro. I you know I can't grow your audience if you're not if you're not going to share with me anyways. So you know you know don't be stingy, yeah. okay? <laughs> well, I wanted them to download my podcast. <laughs> Subscribe. You no know? one no one likes a mystery ever. Just tell them what they're getting yeah. and they'll, they'll tune Scream, in. Scream, 1996. Boom. Skeet Aldrich, Drew Barrymore, Dev Campbell. And what's his name? Wes Craven? <laughs> Wes Craven? Who's the guy I'm Jamie Kennedy? Jamie Kennedy. And then... Uh, uh, David Arquette? David Courtney Arquette. Cox? You still have any of the guy I'm thinking of. Uh, um, uh, Shaggy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why we're friends right there. We both just look at each other and said Shaggy. Uh, Lillard, I think his name, Matthew last name is. Lillard. Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. There it yeah. is. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me for, for Hans Huberfest 2020. I think it's been a lot of fun. I hope you had a good time. Oh, I did. I'm honored to be here to talk about our main man, Hans. He's the or, best. Uh, Billy Clay. Oh, good old Billy Clay. Don't want to play softball with that motherfucker. He'll throw the bat at you. He gets yeah. vicious. Yeah, and then he'll take your wallet when you're not take you're your passed wallet, out. He'll spike you on second. It, it's a it's a whole thing. It's a <laughs> He's whole all stealing signals. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, buddy. I will talk to you soon. Keep it up on the Co is good. Co is G podcast. Excuse me. That's on it. Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Reagan's going to get his social media team in line. So they, uh, they stop spoiling things. But uh, in the meantime, get yeah, ready to check out House of the Dead. They just did a big two-part Matrix thing. And uh, again, he's here doing Die Hard slash Han Superfest. So check it out. Reagan, thank you so much for joining me. I will catch you later, buddy. Thank you again. And and good. Everyone check out this Co is Good, Co is G podcast. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. Anytime. <laughs> later. Shoot the glass. Hey, there it is. What'd you think of that? 2020 Hans Oberfest, the celebration of all things Hans Gruber. I thought it was a pretty fun time. Though granted, we got we, we were a little all over the place uh, as far as uh, kind of trying to encapsulate all the things that are wonderful about Die Hard in general and, and Hans Gruber in particular. But still, I thought it was a fun time. I thought there was like some insights to be had. But you know, as as we discuss on on the episode, there are uh, many of the diehard secrets, the diehard trivia uh, is out there for people to to know and discover on their own now. Uh, we got that that Netflix series, the movies that made us, and the the diehard episode. You know, you can uh, watch that and find about find out about how. Die Hard's technically a sequel to another movie. A movie that starred uh, Frank Sinatra. And Frank Sinatra had the first call on a sequel to his film. So, potentially, like, like if Frank were a bit of, a bit more of an egotist, uh, he could have said, yeah, I'm going to be in Die Hard. F this Bruce Willis guy. <laughs> so that's just kind of fun to think about. But... Again, I, I, I definitely urge everyone to check out that series out because 
I mean, it, like, like I said, it covers all the sort of inane diehard trivia that that I've regurgitated on this podcast uh, last year in the 2019 Hans Superfest. You know, a lot of the casting stuff and a lot of the direction stuff and a lot of the stuff with McTiernan and, and some of the, like, squabbles he was having with the studio. I mean, a, a lot of it is now officially documented in that Netflix series. I, I highly recommend checking it out and uh, thus in, enlivening your Hans Superfest. So uh, this Hans Superfest, I think, has gone pretty darn well. You know, we've we've had plenty of beers. The roasted chicken's been delightful. The pork knuckle, little spatzel on the side. Casa special in between, like a little cheese in there, you know, all delightful events for for Hans Oberfest. So I want to thank again everyone for taking the time to listen to this small independent podcast and all the fun stuff that we're doing over here, like Hans Oberfest. I'd also want to say uh, an extra special thanks to my Patreons, those of uh, those of you who are signed up over at uh, over at Patreon.com forward slash Tomcast Podcast. You're an official member of Poppin Nation, and I can't thank you enough for it. I hope you're enjoying all the extra sweet bonus content. Thank you to those current members. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail, co-host of The Ringing Ear, a fantastic music podcast. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, and the New Jersey Devil himself, Mark Wegemer. Finally, Please make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all those super awesome formats. And if you can, take the time, write those five-star reviews, spread the word about the fun time we're having over here on the TomCast podcast with great shows like Hans Toberfest 2020. And with that being said, let's wrap it up. Again, I can't thank you all enough for listening. Uh, it means the world to me too that you have, have stuck around to hear us talk about Hans Gruber for a second year in a row. Again, my favorite villain in the, in the action movie genre, uh, in my favorite movie of the action movie genre, Die Hard. So with that being said, I'm just going to close it out, all right? Again, thanks for listening. We're going to be back very, very soon. We're getting ready for all the Halloween delights for the rest of October. Hansoberfest is done. It's Halloween time. So we're going to start getting into the, the spooky movies, the scary movies, the haunted movies for the rest of this month. All right. I'll see you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao, babes. Why'd you have to nuke the whole building, Hans? Well, when you steal $600, you can't just disappear. When you steal $600 million, they will find you unless they think you're already dead. Put down the gun. Nein, this is mine. You got me. Still the cowboy. Mr. McLean, Americans all alike. Well, this time John Wayne does not walk off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. It's Gary Cooper, asshole. Enough jokes. You made a pretty good cowboy yourself, Hans. Oh, yeah. What was it you said to me before? Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year!
Stanley Cup champion!